Assalamu alaikum. I'm Sava Malik and welcome to episode 3 of the Mentally Fit Muslims podcast. I hope you're feeling great. Today I have a special episode for you. I sat down with my friend Iram. She is a homeschooling mom and much much more i love talking with her and i hope you really enjoy our conversation and make sure to stay till the end and hear why we actually think that covid was really good for us enjoy the show assalamualaikum aram waalaikum assalam how's it going it's been well um can't complain alhamdulillah how are you i'm good alhamdulillah thank you for coming on my podcast just a couple of weeks ago I was like kind of going crazy with the corona thingy and I have a young daughter and then I hear about school like closing or opening and like we have no clue and I was like what am I gonna do (laughs) I'm already going crazy at home with my family and now I have to think about her school so I think I was just googling online parenting and homeschooling and then you popped up and then uh, so I saw Iram bin Safiya. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to ask, so did you find anything useful by Iram bin Safiya? Did you find anything useful when you saw the name, when you clicked if, on it? You know, the first thing I heard, I think it was on one of your Instagram videos, the one where your kids are in the background and they're helping you right. record. So one of them right. asked why Iram bin Safiya? And right. you mentioned that your mom is a single right. mother and she raised you. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, my mom raised us as a single mother, too. And that's the first right. thing that clicked. I'm like, oh, okay. We have something in common. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So that, Alhamdulillah. That's what first, like, pulled me in. And then okay. uh, what is different between us is that you're homeschooling three kids. And right. I'm not, well, I'm starting to homeschool now. So... What is it like to homeschool three kids and how do you stay sane? I just want to know, how do you stay sane? (laughs) See, the thing that the video did not show was that I stay sane. So that's an assumption that I leave for the world. Oh, really? (laughs) Ask my children. They will tell you stories. SubhanAllah. Yes. Aram and Sophia came into being because... um, I felt the need to make my own niche. Uh, I, I actually started blogging for, for another website and uh, I had some sort of creative restrictions when, when it came to them. Uh, although I'm very grateful that they gave me the platform, they gave me the opportunity, alhamdulillah. And then someone else actually asked me, uh, why don't you do it? Why don't you do your own thing? And um, where's your own voice? Where's your own personality? And so that's how the whole process of Erin Ben Safia and Parenting Uncomplicated by Erin Ben Safia came into being. Mm, I was always a speaker, a motivational speaker, uh, and a bilingual motivational speaker. In fact, I speak in Urdu as well as I speak in English. Mm-hmm. So I've had my audiences uh, in different parts of the world. And uh, I knew that I have this ability to reach out to people. And mostly all of us mothers, we have something in common that we share. We might be very different personalities. Mm -hmm. I might have very different backgrounds. But when you become a mother, what is the first thing that a mother wants for her children? The best of everything, really. The The best of home, education, love, 
um, emotional bonding. I don't think uh, there is any mother who would not want all of that security, right? Yeah. Safety. Yeah. So, like I've, I've heard other parents mention that too. And I read it on so many other blogs and articles. But what struck me with you was uh, one of your recent posts that you just put up on Facebook and I saw it on Instagram as well is in the middle of it, you said that parenting is the toughest job you sign up for and cannot resign from. Yes, I, I haven't that's true. read anywhere something like that. And I was like, that is so true. It is something mm -hmm. you sign up for. And then you're like, you can't leave it. You cannot turn back. And it, it is like a full commitment, like all your life. And it is tough. It's very tough. And I think especially during this COVID time and not knowing, like, you know, for parents, whether they should send their kids back to school, a lot of mothers, they have to work. And it's just a very, like, you know, a very unique situation. And Alhamdulillah, I'm a, I'm a teacher and I was able to take that option of homeschooling. But you don't have to be a, like, have a teaching degree to be a homeschooler. But it gave me that confidence that, yes, I can do this and I'm not working right now. So I could do that with my uh, with my daughter. But also, I just saw that mm -hmm. you just got your teaching degree. From, from uh, it was an online university. Yeah. It's an online Islamic university called as International Online University. Nice. And I was enrolled in it for uh, six years. Wow. <laughs> mashallah, so you finally got it. <laughs> you know, I yes. think you already have like multiple degrees yeah. in parenting. Yeah, I don't think you need a degree. I think you can be a professor. Thank you so much. Um, of course, uh, age and uh, children give you a lot of wisdom. Mm -hmm. The aches and pains that come with being a parent. Yes. yes. Very so true. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. But my whole idea, I started homeschooling in 2015. So a short synopsis of my story is I was born, brought up in United Arab Emirates. I did my 12th grade until there. My mom is a nurse by profession. I have a younger sister who lives in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Uh, she's married to Alhamdulillah. I got married right after um, in, my, in the last semester of my bachelor's, which I was doing from Lahore while I was still settled in UA. So I used to travel back oh, and wow. forth. Uh, in my last semester, I got this proposal and I was so fed up with the degree that I was doing, which was IT. Oh, lovely. And I absolutely <laughs> hated it. I, I don't know why. It's a I, default I do know why. I, IT yes. is a default. I, I, was, I was always... I was always very sure, Sabah, that I would become a teacher. I was very wow. sure. I don't know why in the 12th grade, I thought I can go into IT and make money, which was the most wrong decision of my life. And then <laughs> I hated it so much that I thought getting married was better than getting completing that degree because I did not, I did not see an end to that, you know, okay. misery. Again, very wrong assumption. No, it was just jumping from fire into a frying pan or frying pan into a fire or something like that. But subhanAllah. And when the marriage started, then alhamdulillah, the whole birthing and taking care of the babies. And so I got lost. I got lost. I got depressed. I did not know. I had so much anger and frustration built up in me that uh, and one of the, when my mom, uh, visited me once and this is mm -hmm. this is back in 2000 and this is back in 2008 or nine okay. no nine yes so that was nine, when ten, you ten. had your first child 
No, no, no. That was by the time. No, 2010, I had my third baby, third, okay. alhamdulillah. And she visited me in 2011, sorry. Okay. And she said to me, you know, uh, what is wrong with you? Why are you so like, apprehensive all the time? Angry, yelling, you know, these are just small children. Mm-hmm. Have some sabr, have some patience. And, and she said this to me, and I've said this many times in my stories, that she said something. And I, I, I will give a joke before I say the main line mm-hmm. that I tell this to people. Like if your mother-in-law would say these things to you, you would never forgive her. Mm-hmm. But if your mother is saying this mm-hmm. to you, then you're like, oh yeah, mama, you're so okay, right. This has to be good then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, she just pointed out at my behavior and she said, you're so nice and so kind to everybody around you, except your own children. Mm-hmm. How are you being a good Muslim? She put that question. She, she didn't say yeah. anything more than that. She said, you read Quran, you do tafsir, you, you are a motivational speaker already, you work around for people, you, are, you go out of your way to help your people, but you are so unkind to your own children and they're literally so scared of you. So please tell yourself, how. ask yourself this, how are you a good Muslim? And that hit me really hard. And then I did not ask her what I need to do or what I don't need to do. Then she, then after a few days, I came across this um, certification course for teaching at, at a Dell Tech, uh, Dell Tech college. Mm-hmm. And I asked my husband if I could do this. And my mom was like, sure, go ahead. I'm here. So I'll take care of the children while you go for a few hours. That's completely fine. And that's how my teaching journey started. Wow. Uh, and I found so much fulfillment because as soon as I finished it, I started preschool at the Islamic, Islamic Academy of Delaware. Mm-hmm. That's who connected with Masjid Ibrahim in Delaware. And oh, I became okay. a preschool teacher over there. I had a good mentor, Sister Crystal, and then I had a good partner, Sister Iman. And the whole thing was really good for me. Wow. Once I went into that Sabah, uh-huh. I realized, and while I was doing the certification, I actually... It, opened my mind and it told me like subhanallah these people have studied children and the research and everything tells us exactly what the sunnah tells us how to be with younger children so long story short um two schools of preschool teaching and i said you know what my children deserve the best of me so now i'm good i'm stable and i know what to do with them so i packed them up and i brought them home and i said mama is going to homeschool (laughs) what was their reaction no (laughs) oh my god so yeah my my eldest was in fourth grade he was starting fourth grade my youngest uh, my middle one was starting second grade and my youngest had to start kindergarten wow so you took on three yeah i took on three because i had learned i had learned and i had done my homework i had done my homework extensively i had read through books i had went through and there was another thing Mm -hmm. before i had my children i was introduced to hamza yusuf and john Mm -hmm. gattle and i listened to their talks as hamza yusuf's talks and john gattle's uh, articles and in my head i was like you know what there's something wrong with the schooling system yes and uh, I yeah. knew that before I had my, before I even had my children, I knew that. But the thing was, I always had this, um, I, I thought, okay, you know what? I'm not going to send them to public schools, but I'll send them to Islamic schools. And I always separate myself from your generation in a sense that I was not born here. I was not brought up here. I never even set foot in a school or a university here. In my, in my head, I was like, you know, I don't know the system here. So Islamic school is safer for me. That's why I chose the Islamic school, that it would be safer for me. And later on, of course, alhamdulillah, as things unfold, I came to 
homeschooling. And since then, for the six years, I've been homeschooling. And when I brought them to homeschool, I said, you know what? I should enroll myself in bachelor's in uh, be it in education, uh, online Islamic university. Mm-hmm. And hence, since, and we never looked back again. Alhamdulillah. Well, congratulations on getting that. Um, Alhamdulillah. You know, what's so crazy is because you're mentioning the, the Islamic school and Sister Iman there. And the funny thing is that my daughter was enrolled in that school last year and her teacher was Sister Iman. Right. <laughs> She's a preschool teacher now. Yes. 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 Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's really crazy that you were teaching there. It's also funny hearing you talk. It's like we've been on a similar journey without having met one another mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. even being on the same like same year or same timeline. But it's the right. kind of same journey because... What happened to me is when I, um, when I was in high school and you know, you said you always felt like you wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had that same feeling. So two, two of my sisters, when they used to come home from school, I would just take them like in my room and I would pretend to be their teacher and I would help them finish their homework. Like, right. I had my own blackboard and everything. And uh, in college, I went into sciences and my goal was, I don't know, something in biology or something, something science related. Mm-hmm. I don't know, subhanAllah, last minute, I chose education. Alhamdulillah. And when I went into education, I had my goal, my dream was one day when I become a mom, I want to homeschool my own children. Right. So that was my plan. I had it all set. Um, then bipolar happened. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, the story didn't go as planned. Everything was toppled over. Everything, right. you know. It was like a storm and I had to make sense of it. I had to overcome mental barriers and just get what a normal person would have. And after a while, I stopped chasing the normal. I'm going to make my own normal. Maybe it's not at the rate other people are at, but I'm just going to do what I can. So how how do you stay safe? What what actual stuff do you do? Like, how do you separate? Okay, this is homeschool time. I'm going to teach my kids. And now it's time for mom. Nobody bothered me. What would you do in a typical day? So the first thing I learned was I needed to understand that I had to de-school myself. Uh, I came from a very rigid schooling system, right? Okay. Um, sit down, stand up, walk in lines, assembly time, uniform should be perfect, nails cut, uh, be the best student ever, get the highest grade. I never got the highest grade. I, I was a good student up, till, up until the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And then I was always... MashaAllah, I mean, um, just imagine my mom sent me to tuitions to pass in my uh, 10th and my 12th grade. And if the oh. passing mark was 36, I got 37. Wow. Okay. That- <laughs> she spent a lot of money for her daughter to pass, not pass, get A plus, And her daughter brings home a passing mark. And, and my mother, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect her always from every harm and everything and bless yeah. her immensely. She had patience. She was like, Alhamdulillah. <laughs> so cute. So it was like always like a focus on performance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. Being, being a certain way, acting a certain way. So, that is true. Yeah, that is true. Then? So that was what, but uh, you know what? I, in college, uh, and one of the reasons that I was unable to complete my IT degree was because I um, had given up. I had given up on this idea that, you know, I'm not, I'm not meant to study. I'm not meant, I was, I was always appreciated 
mm-hmm. for my other qualities talking speaking being kind mannerisms um altruism mm-hmm. all of that i had all of those things what i did not have was book smarts I just mm. did not have book smarts and I couldn't score a hundred out of a hundred and I couldn't get even 50 in some certain subjects. They might just, I just couldn't work. English came to me in natural writing in uh, Urdu or English came to me naturally. Really? Um, uh, history came to me naturally. These subjects came, the liberal mm-hmm. arts subjects came to me naturally, but when it came mm-hmm. to the science subjects, I was always a mess. So, khair, alhamdulillah. So I already, by the time I became a mother, Mm-hmm. I was very relaxed. I was in my head. I did not have that notion that my child is going to go to school and he's going to get the first grade. And blah, 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 blah. Okay. No, I, because, you know, by the college, I had become like, if I passed with the C grade, I was like, Alhamdulillah, sajda shukar. Oh. <laughs> okay. because, uh, because I knew that I was much more than my grade. I knew that people liked me. I knew that I, I had something more to give. And, and nobody, when they see me, are going to say, Aram and Safiya, what was your grade? Who asks you that, right? Nobody asks you that, unless until, of course, you're applying for such certain jobs, and which was never my goal anyways. So coming back to parenthood. So I was very relaxed. And then, alhamdulillah, my husband, on the other hand, he was very like army because he went to army school, right? So he was very regimed and he was like, it should be like this and it should be like this. But subhanAllah, I can... I am so grateful to him that even though we are very different personalities and every marriage has its pros and cons, but when it came to raising children, he trusted me completely. And he said, and and when I said, I want to do Islamic school, he said, okay, Bismillah. And when I said, I wanted to homeschool, he said, okay, Bismillah. And he supported me without questioning me. Now that I can, I can take it in a very negative sense. And I would say, I would say like, oh, he said, like, do whatever you want to do. It's okay. I don't care. But no, that was not it. He, He was concerned and he asked me the correct questions and he saw my research because I know how he works, right? I know how his mind works. So I prepared, I did all of my homework and I went with researched work so alhamdulillah so he was like okay you know what fine do it the first day subhanallah i don't remember the first day i still don't remember it but i remember that um my children refused to listen to me they were like she's gone crazy they were like what are you trying to do i didn't make a schedule and i made sheets and i highlighted stuff and you know but i did not know how to communicate I did not know how to communicate with them out of that teacher tone. So, uh, and I was studying on the side still how to, how, how to do that. And my children, alhamdulillah, uh, they started coming around. And how we started was we started with um, set curriculum. I, I got books from the library that were for their age group that were being taught in the public and private schools. And I saw that curriculum and I got very overwhelmed. I got really overwhelmed and I was like, I can't do this. This is too much work. I mean, like who is going to do this? And then I asked around uh, other people and then I did more research. And then I got with the eclectic method. I instantly jumped into the eclectic method. I will not lie. Can you describe that? Because I I saw one one of your videos like talk about that. And I like, can you tell me more about that? What, what does that look like? Eclectic method, basically, it is a mishmash of other methods. For example, when I when we do Quran studies, we are doing the classical method where we are doing rote memorization or the Charlotte Mason method, right? Okay. Uh, so 
we don't have any um, ease on that. We know exactly that this is this is the time that we're going to sit and this is the time that we're going to do our Quranic studies. When it comes to uh, reading and uh, understanding and doing poetry and doing, you know, all of these things, then we go with the Charlotte Mason method where there are a lot of read-alouds where there are, and the classical method and the Charlotte Mason method, is a, both, they both have the same strategy that let the children read. Let okay. the children read aloud or read it to them when they're younger or read with them, depending upon okay. how the child likes it. And then, uh, so all of our English, science, social studies went into reading. I gave them paragraphs and lessons and did all of the read-alouds with them when they were younger and then let them read when they are now, mashallah, able to read. Then what happens? Uh, then there is, um, I never touched Maria Monstri method. That was something that was too heavy for me. So I never even touched that. Okay. And then what I did was I, um, I took in, uh, I even started with the time for learning online schooling. I even I even tried that in my first wow. year, but it was a very bad experience. And I will tell you why it was bad. It was not because the time for learning is a bad thing. No, mashallah, it's a very good program. It's like a box curriculum sort of. It's like bringing school into home curriculum, and it's okay. easy. It's pretty easy. Is I would it like never something you sign up for. Yes, yes, okay. something you sign up for. But I honestly believe it's for older children. Now my son, who okay. is fourteen, can do time for learning, but okay. back then, six years ago. He, uh-huh. he did not, he was not able to manage it. Younger children are not able to manage online learning unless you're sitting with them. And that, uh, for me, defied the whole process of homeschooling that if I'm sitting on with them for, uh, for three, four hours and then they're doing it like a school system, then there's, then that's not homeschooling. Right. That's basically school in house, which a lot of people like to do and can do. But okay. um, I couldn't. I, I, that was not my style. That was something that I, I, I was already, already anti-school. And that got so much anxiety for myself and for my children. Why would I bring that into my so house? How, how did you become anti-school? Like, what? Well, like I told you, I was always CDE. There was no respect okay. for the CDE student, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was something of a mix. If you did not know my grade, you would like me. The teacher would really like me. But as soon as yeah. the teacher saw my test paper, she would like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> It's so funny. People, <laughs> they judge you, even like self, right? We do that to ourselves. Like, yeah. we judge ourselves according to our grades. Right. Since we get out of school and we have a, our careers, careers, we judge ourselves based on our income. Mm-hmm. And then once we get married, we judge ourselves on how many children we have compared to the neighbor or how many pounds we have or we don't or can't lose or our cars. What is it? What? It's always in numbers. And mm-hmm. it, it, if that's all a lot of people know how to measure their worth, their productivity. And if they're not producing a certain amount, if quote unquote, their net worth is not what society is saying that it should be, we start to feel worthless. We feel, oh, I haven't accomplished anything. I'm not, I'm not lovable or likable. And li- like you're saying, when people didn't know your grades, they would love you. <laughs> Yeah, my you teachers. I'm, I'm specifically talking about my teachers. I mean, like, subhanAllah, it was it was so funny. So <laughs> that one, really made you anti-school. Yeah, I was like, come on, seriously? <laughs> like, who has their A on their forehead? But subhanAllah. Yeah. And uh, there's a surah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about in the Quran. Mm. Until you reach your graves, Allah says, you will... Yeah. 
if you are into this habit of counting and evaluating and uh, uh, doing this, um, what the, the word that you use, contrast with the other person, you will mm-hmm. just die like that. And even after that, you're, you will, if, if you would be given the freedom to choose, you would say, no, my cover should be better than the other person's cover. And, you know, design it like yeah. this and like that and stuff for a lot. Yeah. So that, that brings me, reminds me of your three E's. And yes. one of them is ethical goodness. Yes. So I, I can see when I saw it on Instagram, like ethical goodness, what does that mean? What does that look like? And hearing you talk, you're, that is basically what it sounds like to me. Ethical goodness that you're yes. pointing out yep. that focusing on, okay, what does Allah want? What is going to be in the end? What have I brought forth? Right. Is it going to be how big my house is? How, you know, it, it's, it's like we hear this, right? Don't focus on how, how big your house is, your car and your kids and your mm-hmm. looks. And the thing I find is that when I'm in the situation and I am doing that comparison, I don't notice I'm comparing mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. In my car. Intellectually, mm-hmm. I know I'll, I'll blog about it. I'll write about it. But when I'm in the situation to have that awareness is so difficult. And then in your post, in one of them, you said, Taqwa filled human. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Alhamdulillah. Because. So, yeah, go ahead. Parents, like, like I said in that post again, the one that you were saying about, we're not good humans. And then we become mm. parents. And when I say yeah. we're not good humans, is it doesn't mean Nausbillah, we are like some evil kind of a being. I'm not saying that. It's just mm. we don't have restraints on our nafs. And we and we lash out on the children because they're the they're the most um, vulnerable yeah. of of the people around us. We cannot lash out like that in with our husbands. If we do that, we will be like what divorced or separated within the five minutes of our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the younger kids because they have no power. They're basically at our mercy. Yeah, and we abuse that power. And I, I, as a parent, yeah. I've done that to my children, and I've recognized that. And, apo- and I do apologize to them. I, when I remember, I do tell them that at this point, this was happening with mm-hmm. me, and I'm so sorry. I did it to you. And uh, alhamdulillah, I have trained myself to some extent, but then there are some crazy days too. So, and But my children, alhamdulillah, now they're trained enough to, you know, tell me, Mama, you're going there. Come back, come back. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, because I trained them. I trained, I told them, listen, uh, I know my flaws. I very well know my flaws. And I'm telling you my flaws, not so that you could rub it in my face on my, when I'm low, but tell me to overcome it. Be my support system. Yes, and, that, that is a great thing to teach them. And in my head, Saba, you know what? I honestly believe that we are not in control of the people that they're going to have as their partners, be married to. And one of the things that I learned from my marriage, um, I have to teach my children to be able to communicate regardless of what relationship they are in. Whether it's a parent or it's a spouse or it's an in-law, they should know how to respectfully communicate. Because half of my problems that I had created in my head were my own creation. And I kept blaming the people in my life for the heartaches that I had when that light bulb uh, went ding in my head, I understood like, mashallah, Adam. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> how how did that light bulb? 
happened. Yeah. yeah. That, what was that moment? What led up to it that things turned for you in your head? I was able to uh, make da. Okay. So for me, spirituality is my strength. I mean, I yeah. do understand the spirituality might Same, not yeah. be everybody's yeah. strength. But yeah. for me, it was my core. It is my mm-hmm. core. Alhamdulillah. Um, it used to frustrate me. The, the word compromise, I hated that word. I hated that word. That what does compromise mean? What does sabr mean? And subhanAllah, I was so scared for asking for sabr because in my head, I thought sabr comes to only those who are miserable. Really so I, I, and I thought that sabr means that indirectly you're going to be in misery and then you're going to have sabr. And that's why mm-hmm. I, and I used to, when I used to read Quran and learn Quran, and I was like, Allah loves uh, the sabirin and shakirin. So I was like, Ya Allah, please give me shukr and give me that mm-hmm. station where I'm always in your shukr, but I don't have to go through sabr. Mm. I was that's so, not life though. Yeah. You always have to go through that. Yeah. And when that situation and many situations like that happened over the 14 years, uh, okay. I, 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 cal- I, I went back to the events of my life and I said, Iram, you, were, you did sabr here and Allah rewarded you. And then you did sabr here and Allah rewarded you and you did sabr here and Allah rewarded you. So what are you, what are you running from actually? You have been doing sabr all this time. So subhanAllah, that was so when... it was like the slow realization. It's not yeah. like... One day you woke up and you're like, okay, I know not to blame others. And I know I have sabr. I've done it in the past. It's like slowly, slowly it dawns on you. Yes, because humans are stubborn like hell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, that, that's what I want like our audience to know. That especially when they're going through a mental challenge. Whether it's just like having stress of raising kids. Or having a mental illness like depression or postpartum or anxiety, any of those that we don't wake up one day and we're like, okay, ding, I have the solution. I know what to do and everything will be fine. I think we expect clear cut roads in life and it doesn't work like that. You know, imagine um, a cork in the ocean Mm -hmm. and sometimes there's waves. So the cork goes up. And then the waves go away, so it comes down. And it's just like up and down, up and down. And we just have to learn to go with the flow. And sabr and shukr is definitely like two guideposts. Mm -hmm. And just like you, faith, faith is huge for me. Mm -hmm. Like Islam, I don't think I would be alive literally if if I didn't have Islam, if I wasn't a Muslim. And the, the reason is that I had a very, very severe suicidal attempt and at that moment everything gave out it's often difficult for people to hear about it right right um it's sometimes difficult for me to talk about it too like can imagine but, yeah but the one thing is i i don't remember much of the moment but i do remember being there um i was sitting on the ground and i felt this power above me I couldn't understand like physically, mentally, I couldn't really, I didn't have any control over my body, mm-hmm. but I felt there was a power above me. And I, I call that Allah. Like I felt, I literally feel like that at that time, my knowledge of Islam got out of my head and I actually experienced it and I felt it. So like nowadays people are like, why are you always talking about like mentally fit, but with Muslims, why are you always bringing Islam into, you know, mental health? Why don't you just talk about mental health? No, why? Yeah, I I cannot divorce the two. If if I didn't have that faith, I wouldn't be able to continue with that, 
you know, to have that mental recovery. So the sabr and shukr is definitely key because when you're in a hardship, it's like we go through like three states all the time. We're either in a hardship or we're in a blessing or we're committing sins. It's mm-hmm. like we're mm-hmm. always in like one of these three stations. That's true. And when we're in a test, our like our act of obedience needs to be that I'm going to have sabr. When we're in a blessing, our act of obedience needs to be that I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to have shukr. And when I'm doing a sin, what's the obedience? I make istighfar. I say sorry to Allah. So it's like in Islam, like it's so, like the solutions are built in. Yep. You know, and we just have to seek that. True. Very true. Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. And I would add to this that <clears throat> why is it difficult for us, Sabah? Because uh, we grew up on uh, movie culture, right? A movie mm-hmm. is two and a half hours long. And in that yeah. movie, the turmoil happens, the sadness happens, the heartbreak yeah. happens, and then they live happily ever after. Yes. And well, unconsciously, <laughs> unconsciously, we think of ourselves like that. Uh, I will tell you this very frankly and shamelessly that I married. The only reason I married was I thought that I would live the life of Sri Devi or Madhuri Dixit with, you know, all that jewelry what? and sarees and singing along the trees, hanging You're like monkeys. <laughs> and and my husband is always going to be head over heels in love with me. And, you know, it's a, and subhanAllah, we were fighting on the first day of our marriage. So, mashallah, tabarakallah. So, <laughs> that, that notion was very, very, very easily, very quickly cleared okay. up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, the, the point is, we are so deluded, subhanAllah. We talk about Islam, we talk about Quran, we teach our children stories. What we do not connect as adults, this is, this is me, this is my experience, which took me such a long time to understand. And it's a very simple thing, but subhanAllah, you know, again, human people, we minds mm-hmm. our minds. Prophet Sallallahu journey was 23 years of bringing Islam. Yusuf Alayhi Salam stayed his entire youth in the prison. Musa Alayhi Salam stayed 10 years outside of uh, his homeland. And then when he came back, when he took the people, uh, when he took the people of Bani Israel, he did not get to see the promised land. He died before that because his people were so stubborn. 40 years they were in the desert, but they never entered Palestine, right? SubhanAllah. Mm-hmm. Then uh, uh, talk about Ayub alayhi salam. He had the severe of the diseases and how many years? They say 18 years. Some say so many years. There are different numbers. And he stayed with that disease. Now tell me this. If Allah has given us, exa- and I often think of Yunus alayhi salam, sabah, and I think he went into the whale's stomach. And the other day, my daughter asked me, she said, Mama, what is the inside of the you know, belly of the whale look like. I said, and this was the first time. I'm 38 years old. I've mm-hmm. narrated the story to my children. It was the first time that I actually felt what it would have felt like. I said, it must have mm-hmm. been very dark. It must have been very smelly. It must have been very congested. It must have acids in it. It must have, there must, I don't know if he was able to even breathe properly. He must have been crunched. And Allah says in the Quran that when he was spat out, when he was thrown out of the belly of the whale, he had a disease all over his skin and he was extremely sick. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with um, uh, health again, right? So my, my point is, 
we tell these stories to our children but then we never tell them that all of these prophets did sabr mm. and we don't tell them that child of mine whatever life will throw at you it will take time to get off it will take time to become better and we we have forgotten because of instant gratification we have forgotten absolutely forgotten that allah the creator of time the creator of us the creator of the good and the bad he he is listening to us the whole while but our journey is not two and a half or three and a half hours of a movie it's yeah. a life journey so i don't know if i went on a tangent here but that that was my also that was a light bulb situation for me to like come on Adam, you no, can't that wasn't a tangent at all i <laughs> i think what you highlighted is the mental strength these prophets had they they did not seek instant gratification instant results on the contrary they like left things that they would never see their effects in their lifetime yeah so i i find that's the same thing with our kids raising them we don't always see oh okay here's the benefit oh this is what they're learn no even like i hope when i'm gone from this earth that she still carries on that good and i think that's the kind of uh focus we need to have cuz there are times when it's so hard when you're like i can't do this and that's when i find you know like you were saying i get so crabby and i just want to snap and you mm-hmm. know the closest person is my daughter mm-hmm. and for her you know if she happens to be around then she receives that and it's not fair to her at all so i think having that perspective to think that this is bigger than me and we need that mental strength and it doesn't come overnight just no, like you're talking about that light bulb going on just whether it's parenting or having an illness um like ayub alayhi salam had he's one of my favorite favorite right um, when i first got sick i don't know somehow i i fell in love with him and his story right um, there was one point uh when i was reading his story was so he had all those great things he had his house his kids his everything on his farm riches friends and when he lost all that and he he basically had his wife Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everyone else had abandoned him and she asked him you know you're a prophet of allah why don't you make dua ask allah to you know bring everything back get rid of this illness he's going to answer you of course and you know his reaction was he actually got upset mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. like why i you know i had those all those blessings for so long mm-hmm. and the hardship have not even equaled to all all those blessings that i have so mm-hmm. he actually felt shy like he's like yes. i can't can't ask allah and yeah. he was actually he would praise he would thank allah for the hardship he was in and that's like a whole another level of gratitude cuz it's so easy to say oh th- you know thank you allah for the nice weather or thank you for this beautiful food cuz it's something that we like you know it's something that that is good but to say thank you for something that is hard for something that you don't like like thank you allah for covid thank you allah for trump you know thank you allah <laughs> but but really thank you allah for covid yes because uh, i mean i think a lot of us came back to our senses i yeah <laughs> and you know the whole black lives matter i was like if we weren't quarantined if we weren't in lockdown if all the entertainment shows games weren't like turned off this same thing the george floyd thing would have happened and we wouldn't have noticed it you know there are so, so many men and women who die without being yeah, noticed and because 
yeah, in that three months of lockdown where everything entertainment, kind of frivolous, whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, you could still do it, fine. But it was something, like, kind of unnecessary, you know? Yeah, yeah. And once that was shut down, we woke up to a new re- reality. We woke up to something like our Black brothers and sisters who have been fighting for so long. We right. actually felt their their pain. And it's funny because uh, in your video, you were saying, I'm also an activist, and then your daughter or son, I don't know. Yeah, daughter. They were backwards. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Okay, so you're a mother, writer, blogger, and educator, activist. You wear a lot of hats. Like, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I learned a lot from you, and I know I have a lot to learn. Jazakallah. And I, I can say the same about you, alhamdulillah. And I'm, I'm here uh, and uh, I'm learning from you too, mashallah. Jazakallah khair for so beautifully sharing your story. And um, alhamdulillah, I learned from you as well, mashallah. Hopefully. hopefully. And um, uh, inshallah, once the COVID is uh, a bit... Actually, we can still meet though. So we should we should plan to meet, yes, inshallah. inshallah. Love to hang out. Um, where can uh, my audience or people who are listening, where can they find you? Okay, so they can find me on... Uh, um the, i have two youtube channels uh, oh, and, and parenting uncomplicated yes there's parenting uncomplicated which talks more about parenting positive parenting homeschooling and it has both english and urdu lectures in it because i oh, do really? a lot of uh, facebook lives and uh-huh. urdu mommy groups so oh, really? yeah wow. and uh so I put those on the YouTube and then there's just Iram bin Safia on YouTube. And the whole mm-hmm. idea of Iram bin Safia was uh, bringing my uh, motivational talk regarding religion and life reflections on it. I just did oh. a Hajj series of life reflection on, on that and I put it up there. So, and it is again bilingual. So my niche is basically immigrant parents and Urdu speaking parents, regardless they're immigrant or not. Okay. Um, that that's that's the niche that I basically cater to, and um, uh, apart from that, I'm on Instagram, Erin Ben Sophia, and there it's Spark Inspire. So Erin Ben Sophia underscore Spark underscore Inspire, and on Facebook you have my page like Erin Ben Sophia. There, there's there's yeah, Facebook page. Uh, so with this episode in the show notes, I'll put all the links to your social media, and uh, people can click on that and check you out. Thanks again, and I hope to talk to you soon. Inshallah, Jazakallah khair. Thank you you for your time. It was really nice talking to you. Okay, my friends, I hope you really enjoyed the show and that you benefited from it. If you really found some value in it, please do leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and give my show a rating that just helps other people find this show. Okay, see you next time. Assalamu alaikum.